We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, there have been a lot of pathetic, humiliating days for the Chicago Bulls since you and I started this podcast. And I got to say, this one is right up there with all of them. The Bulls, on the day of the trade deadline, decide... Now we're good. We do not need to make any additions to this team. We do not need to make any subtractions from this team. We don't need to do anything. And later that day, the Bulls go out and play a Brooklyn Nets team without Kevin Durant, without Kyrie Irving, without Nick Claxton, without new additions, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. And they lose to the Nets 116-105 in a game that really showed all the ways this team struggles. Uh, I thought it was a just completely embarrassing day for the Bulls once again. Basically, every team in the league did something today, Jason. The Cavs didn't, but the Cavs had already used up a lot of their future assets to acquire yeah. Donovan Mitchell over the offseason. The Cavs have four absolute studs on that roster, young studs to build around. Uh, and then the Bulls were the other team that did nothing. Now, the Heat also sort of did nothing. They traded Dwayne Dedman for a second-round pick. The Wizards didn't really do anything, uh, but they were involved in the Rui Hakamura deal. Uh, I think that was last month. Everyone else in the league did something. The Bulls were a team who, for months, we talked about they are in a prime position to try to make a move here. We A lot of people thought they should be sellers. Uh, this had been a underwhelming bull season from the very start without Lonzo Ball. They entered tonight 26 and 28 overall, ninth in the Eastern Conference, still in play-in position, but a team that, you know, if if this was going to be a seller's market, uh, they could have moved off DeRozan, they could have moved off Levine, you had Nikola Vucevic on an expiring contract, Kobe White's name has been in trade rumors for more than a year. Uh, the Bulls could have been buyers, too, Jason. They could have added some shooting to a team that's dead last in three-point rate in the NBA right now. They could have added a point guard for a team that has gotten really poor point guard play all season while Lonzo has been shelved. But Arturis Karnaschov has decided once again to rely on his favorite word, which is continuity. I don't know what con- what Karnaschov has seen from this team that makes him believe that the last 27 games are going to be better than all the games that have preceded it. Because ever since Lonzo went down uh, more than a year ago at this point, since January of 2022, the Bulls are 48 and 56. The Bulls are not even really an average team. They're kind of a bad team. 
And they just lost a game they absolutely should have won on the road to a very shorthanded Nets squad. Uh, a Nets team that was playing really strong team basketball, drawing two to the ball, kicking out to shooters, and stretching out the defense, which is something the Bulls cannot do to the opposition because they have no shooting on this team. And this mix just doesn't work. So, Jace, what a shitty day. And the Bulls suck. I don't know what else to yeah. say. Uh, so, let's see. Where do we begin? I mean... I told myself like after the deadline pass, like, uh, like don't expect anything, which we didn't expect anything. We did. We did our podcast earlier this week and we're like, they're not going to do anything. Or maybe they try to buy an AK admitted. Oh yeah. Like we're, we were trying to be buyers. Like there was like, everyone was trying to buy and just like, we didn't like the price of anything. So we just like our team and we're just going to play out the rest of the season. So, uh, the fact that they went into it as buyers, but still didn't even buy anything. They didn't even make any type of moves. Hilarious. Um, as you mentioned, pretty much everyone else did at least something. Like he could have given me at least a little something. He could have given given me the like the freaking Corkmas trade or something stupid like that, just to say they did something. Um, and that did not happen either. And it's just very frustrating. Again, didn't really expect anything, anyways. But still, what? And I and then I know you tweeted this, and I tweeted this as well. Just kind of a thread. Just the the frustrating part about it is just the the consecutive levels of inactivity here with with this bulls team like they have their big whatever they trade they they're first they when this front office first got hired they come they didn't really do anything they waited to f- fire Boylan. they signed like garrett temple they drafted patrick williams that first offseason or whatever it was something like that and then they waited a while they didn't really do much and then finally whatever they trade for vooch big big move for vooch which obviously we've talked a lot about that we won't get into that and they have their big offseason, two offseasons to go. It's like, all right. And they built a pretty f- decent, fun team that has a lot of success. There were some injuries, but then still, last trade deadline, last trade deadline, they were whatever. We're, I don't know where exactly where they were at, but they were obviously doing very well near or at the top of the East. They do nothing, despite they have Derek Jones Jr., $9 million contract. They have Troy Brown Jr., who was, I think, like out of 5 or $6 million expiring deal. You have Kobe White's salary. I mean, you had Pat to dangle. You have the Blazers pick. You have, I mean, whatever other trade capital. Bulls are in a position where they probably should have bought, and especially with Lonzo's, like, we did not know the Lonzo injury was that bad, but still, Lonzo gets hurt. Zach's dealing with the injury, but, like, the Bulls are in a good, are in a, they're, they got a winning record. They're playing pretty well overall. DeRozan's doing his thing, and they don't do anything. They they add Tristan Thompson. Okay, so that's one trade deadline where they don't add. And then this offseason. They do the bare minimum by re-signing Zach, which I still think is a perfectly a perfectly smart thing to do. I'm not going to look hindsight on that. And then you sign veterans, basically at the minimum. Derek Jones, uh, not Derek Jones Jr. They re-signed Derek Jones Jr. for cheap. They signed Andre Drummond for just above the minimum. He signed Goran Dragic for the minimum or whatever they signed him for. And that's it. It's like, all right, whatever, continuity again. And you, and you draft Dalen Terry, who is a raw rookie who can't even get on the court. And now again, we come through another transaction cycle with absolutely nothing. Not a single move, not a single, not even again, not even a small move for the back of the roster. And they might still do that. <laughs> there is, there are rumor, whatever, there's the buyout market. There's a lot of whatever big name players that are allegedly in the market for Russell Westbrook after the Lakers traded him to the Jazz. We can talk about Russ in a little bit of, when we start, whatever, talking about other stuff and moving forward here, but Again, whatever the buy another buyout market thing it was they whatever they did the Tristan Thompson thing. So that's just again, it's three transaction cycles where, where if you believe in this core, you gotta know you gotta you gotta add to it, you gotta make other moves, and they just don't do anything. Not the very bare minimum, basically. And again, some of this is almost certainly on ownership, not wanting to go into the tax because with with the last trade deadline, you have those salaries. They did, probably didn't want to add other extra money, um, like longer term salary into this year, even if they could have put together. A package and maybe gotten like a 15 to 20 million dollar player last year who's good who could have helped them this season no because whatever probably maybe money stuff so now you're sitting here again with this team this same ass team 26 and 29 now and this loss tonight against the brooklyn that's almost just an absolutely perfect encapsulation of this stupid team uh the way they lost they didn't make their first three-pointer until like 549 in the third quarter they went like oh of nine oh of seven i think in the first half from three uh, and they were still close, and then they took a lead going into the fourth, and then just melted down again. Like Zach had a big game with 38; he was like the only one who did anything. But he had some just awful turnovers in the in the fourth quarter as the Nets pulled away. Uh, just kind of the same stuff: driving, bet, throwing the ball away, getting stripped. 
as I said, I don't want to put too much blame on Sack because he had 38 points and he was like a plus two, but it's just some of the same stuff. Bad stuff in the fourth. The offense falls apart. They can't make any threes. They ended up five of 26. And that was with two late ones in the last minute when the game was out of reach. So they were, they were three of, I think, 23 at one point from three. And they, again, they didn't make their first one until midway through the third quarter. How does an NBA team do that? And this comes after AK gave his whole, whole spiel about, you know, the Nets traded Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They might fall back to the pack, and it's, the East is a bit more open now. And then you go lose to them without Michael Bridges, without Cam Johnson. That, they don't have the guys that they got in the Kevin Durant trade. And the Nets, I think, could be a feisty team. We saw it today. Spencer Dinwiddie, revenge game. Cam Thomas is hilarious. But you got Uta Watanabe. Joe Harris hit six threes. They didn't even have Nick Claxton. Uh, Nick Daron Sharp had some big plays. And then they're going to get Michael, and they're going to get... Cam Johnson, they're going to be, they have a bunch of wings. They got Spencer Dinwiddie at point. Like they, that could be an interesting team. I don't think they're going to fall off that much. So like, and then there's still four really good teams at the top of these. You still got Boston. You still got Milwaukee. You still got Philly. You still got Cleveland. So like the best the Bulls are looking at is six, but now they're back down to 26 and 29. And I think they go to Cleveland next on this weekend. I mean that they played the Cavs tough the last few times, but I mean, it's all this is just setting up for a team that's going to just dilly dally around this 500 mark and the season around 40 wins. Maybe they make the, I still think they're going to make the play in. Maybe they then get in the playoffs. Maybe they give a, a, a one of those top teams a good first round series. That's probably it. And then they're going to go into the offseason. It's like, well, AK says today they're going to re, they want to resign Vooch and Vooch, and I think KC said they want to resign him. It's like, are they just going to bring the whole thing back? Uh, I know AK did mention about making big, bigger changes in the offseason, but still, like if you're talking about bringing back Vooch, like, is that big change trading Zach Levine? There were some Zach Levine trade rumors that did creep in throughout in the hours leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, Matt Moore, who had it the other day, too, said, while like all the reporting had been like, oh, no, they don't, they're not going to trade Zach, they're not going to trade Zach. Matt Moore had said a couple days ago that, you know, it's going to take a big haul, but he's not off the table. And then again today, He's like the Nets and the Nets and the Bulls were talking about Zach before the KD trade. And then he said, watch out for them, maybe. And then there was the Cowley rumor about the Knicks. That didn't go anywhere. But um, still, some rumblings about Zach trade trade stuff. And then there were, I think David Kaplan was talking about whatever that him and Billy still are feuding and all that, all that stuff. So then I guess that is that is the writing on the wall with Zach. Is he are they gonna go out and trade him this offseason? I don't know, but we just come back to it overall, and it's just the just the continu- the the continuity of not making any moves over the last three <laughs> transactional periods, and just keeping this team together, and not doing anything besides these buyout market moves. It's just very disappointing. It's very frustrating. Uh, and this is I mean, Bulls fans are mad today. I mean, they are mad today, doing nothing. The AK press conference. I think they have those like the fan like comments going through. Like a lot of people mad that they've done nothing the team very frustrating loss another loss today with this nets game and it's just it's just not a fun place to be in as a bulls fan they are seemingly in basketball hell not in the in the play in with very few assets and with veteran guys uh it's just not a fun place to be right now ricky you know the big theme of the trade deadline today is that all these teams were trading like five second round picks in a deal four second round picks in a deal thought to myself huh could the bulls do that the bulls can't do that because they don't (laughs) own any draft equity we know that their pick this year is out to the magic top four protect protected their 2025 first round pick is out to the spurs top eight protected they also had to forfeit their second round pick this year because of tampering their second round pick next year goes to the pelicans in the lonzo trade their second round pick the year after that goes to the Spurs. They have like one draft pick between now and 2026 that they own. So not only is this team pretty fucking bad right now, they're also old. They have no cap space and they have no draft picks. So how exactly do you expect continuity to improve this? To me, that's Karnashov is throwing his hands up and saying, I do not have a plan on how to get any better, and I do not have the support from ownership to take on more money and to add more players that way to the roster. I think Carter Show has had, uh, you know, an idea in his head of what he wanted this team to look like when he first came in. Yeah. Uh, such a big flurry of activity from him in the offseason of 2021, making the sign and trade for DeMar, pulling off the sign and trade for Lonzo, recognizing that Caruso was sort of an underrated asset and giving him a contract. The Lakers wouldn't match, and apparently no one else would either. Uh, 
And it sort of made sense, right? Like the Bulls had a dynamic shooter and driver in Levine, who was a poor decision maker and, uh, you know, just wasn't really a trustworthy lead ball handler. So you needed someone to settle down the offense in big moments and someone who could score uh, and move Levine to a little bit more of an off the ball role. Well, they got DeRozan and DeRozan has been very good in that role since the Bulls signed him. I think they knew that if your team was going to be based around three, quote unquote, offense first stars in Levine DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic that you needed a couple really good defenders. And that's where Lonzo came in. That's where Caruso came in. Uh, And then, you know, as we've talked about so much on this podcast, Lonzo just did a lot of the little things uh, that this team had no replacement for without him being another volume shooter. (laughs) And that's a big thing. (laughs) That's a huge thing. Another versatile defender (laughs) and someone who could get them out in transition. And I agree with you that those are big things, not little things. <laughs> what kills me about Karnaschovas is that while he had a plan coming into this, he has had no ability to pivot from yeah. that plan. Right. And in fact, seems totally incapable of diagnosing the team's problems or finding a solution to them. Uh, anyone who's watched the Bulls this year can tell you their problems. You just look at basketball reference and you can see where they struggle. They're last in the league in three-point attempts. They take more mid-range shots than any team in the league, which is, of course, the most inefficient shot on the floor. And they get crushed in transition. They get no easy baskets on fast breaks this year. Last year, when they were at their best, is when they were getting up and down. When they were forcing turnovers, their defense was turning into offense. Uh, they have solutions that are, e- or they have problems that are easy to identify that can lead to solutions. If they did really believe in this team, and they did really believe that, like, okay, uh, they can compete this year in the East. They could maybe give someone a run for their money in the first round if we make a few quick additions. Uh, they chose not to do that. Wow, burning roster spots on guys like Marcos Monovic, Tony Bradley, who have not played the entire year. Dale and Terry, it's like, do, do the Bulls even scout the draft? <laughs> like, I could see why they would like Dalen. Uh, he's got length, should be a plus defender. I mean, he could be good. He could be good at some point, but like, he's got clearly not even close. Ability. Yeah. But Jason, he hasn't played the entire year. <laughs> yeah. Billy Donovan apparently has no desire to try to develop him because what we knew about Billy Donovan when he came here is that he does not want to rebuild. And so I wonder, like, what do the Bulls really want to do? And what do the Bulls consider success? And we've said it on this podcast a bunch of times. I truly believe the Bulls consider it a success if they make the playoffs without paying the luxury tax. The Bulls want to make the playoffs every year. So people who complain that the Bulls should tank uh, when their pick was already out to the Magic Top 4 protected, uh, or that the Bulls should blow this thing up in a big way. It was never going to happen, Jason. And I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. regardless of whether or not the Bulls make the playoffs, it's not going to happen over the offseason. Maybe, maybe Zach Levine will get traded. If the Bulls think they can get enough useful role players back to keep the team from faltering too much. Uh, there was a report today from David Kaplan that there is a rift between Zach and Billy Donovan. Anyone who's followed the team all year could tell you that started earlier this season when Levine was benched in the fourth quarter. Well, guess who was benched in the fourth quarter today? Patrick Williams, who played 14 minutes when Billy Donovan essentially went to a seven man rotation in the second half. Uh, If there was ever any upside on this team, it rested on the shoulders of Patrick Williams. Once again, the Bulls have not been able to develop any of their young players. A huge red flag for this organization across multiple decades uh, this year, it's Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo, two guys who have not developed the way they've needed to for the Bulls to take the next step. So there's just so much fucking wrong with this team, Jason, in this franchise. But what just gets me is the lack of ambition and how people like me and you and the fans who show up to the games and the people who spend their time, their you know leisure time watching these games and caring about this team, how they actually give a shit more than Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf. <laughs> how they actually have more foresight about what ails the team than Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. And Karnaschovas' media availability day, today was completely pathetic. The only thing it could make me think of is like the Scooby-Doo meme <laughs> where they take the mask off the, the bad guy and it ends yeah. up it ends up being John Paxson and Garform. <laughs> uh, and Paxson and Foreman had some hits early in their career too. 
And I hadn't complained about marketing all year, Jason, but today for the third straight transaction cycle where they sat on their hands and didn't do shit, it started to make me upset about Lowry marketing. And to be clear, this is hindsight. When the Bulls got rid of Markkinen, no one thought Mar- Lowry uh, would be. I was there. I was mostly fine with that. Markkinen yeah. was a player who never improved in his four years on the Bulls. He had a solid rookie year, and then from there, just never really made any tangible gains in his skill set. Uh, but you look at it now, and he's 25 years old, and he's an All Star. And the Bulls had him, and they gave him away for a lottery protected draft pick from the Portland Trailblazers, which is not going to convey this year, most likely after the Lakers loaded up. We'll see if the Bulls ever get that pick. It's protected until 2026, and then it turns into second rounders. And Derek Jones Jr. And I got some pushback when I tweeted about this today. And I have not been mad about this all year, Jason. But today I'm fucking mad. <laughs> because it's our terse kind of show of his job to recognize the talent he has on the roster. If this guy's supposed to be the Euro whisperer, who's supposed to know the Euro talent better than anyone else, well, we had a guy from Finland on our team who was seven foot tall, could have a little bit of a dribble pass and shoot skill set. And they basically just fucking gave him away because they didn't view him as a long-term talented piece. Meanwhile, they kept Kobe White, who was taken, you know, with the same draft position as Markinen. He was someone they decided to hold on to, who also hadn't shown a ton when they made the decision to keep him. So now I'm fucking mad about Markinen. And it makes me think, does our tourists know ball? Does he have an eye for talent whatsoever? <laughs> and really, what are the goals of Arturis? Does he think this team can realistically stick together through the power of continuity, Jason, <laughs> and become a contender in the Eastern Conference? If he honestly believes that, he's a gigantic fucking dumbass. Because there are six teams in this conference clearly better than the Bulls. And then there are a bunch more teams who, if you put their roster on paper next to Chicago's, most objective people would take that other team's roster over the Bulls. It's a team with no direction, no star power, and no hope. And that's what fucking kills me, dude. It's like you need some hope as sports fans. And what hope do we have right now as Bulls fans? We know what we have in the Bears. The Bears give us some hope. They have Justin with Fields. The cap space, cool. With Justin Fields, with the number one pick. The Bears suck, but there's reason to be hopeful about the Bears. I mean, they went in a direction are mediocre or worse than mediocre and they offer us no fucking hope there's nothing on this team to get excited about jason and it's a dark day a dark day for bulls fans and i think it's just fucking pathetic that they have brought themselves down this level yeah let's see a lot obviously a lot to unpack there um in terms of the hope thing yeah i I guess hopes looking at starting at hope and like upside and patrick williams today as you mentioned, 14 minutes, minus 16, two points. He's very quietly had a very bad February so far, kind of back to just barely doing anything with just the flashes again. And I know he was dealing with an injury recently, so maybe he's kind of working through that. But apparently today they said he was not injured. He just got benched because he was bad. Uh, and that's just it's disheartening to see that because he had been slowly and slowly but surely starting to make some progress there the last like month or two. But now again, these last like four or five games here in February have been kind of just regressing back to the old, uh, the Pat just, that's just not really doing much. And today was another game where he just didn't do anything. And uh, I know development's not linear, but Pat, it's coming really slow and they need, and then they just, they, when you're going to, if you're going to play this continuity game and you're counting on these young guys to make these leaps and they're not doing it. And this is how it would happens. You have your mediocre whatever flawed core. And then you don't have the young guys who consistently help you out. IO has been whatever, fine, kind of similar as last year, Pat small development, but not that much. Kobe has made some strides in some areas of his game, but he's still super inconsistent as a shooter and as a player overall. So he's still, still all this kind of just like guys. Uh, And when you talk about Lowry, you worry about whatever, giving up on these guys too early. Uh, And I, it's so hard for me to the Lowry thing. Like I was really hard down on Lowry by the time. Like I was, I was su- I was super into Lowry when they got him, and he just very seemed very intriguing. We had to talk ourselves into the hope after the Jimmy Butler trade, which we thought was terrible, and we're it's proving proving to be just an absolutely terrible trade because Jimmy, whatever, what is it, six years later now, and Jimmy Butler's still like a top ten impact player in the NBA when he's playing, um, and just 
he can, he plays on both ends, two way player, and it's still something the Bulls just don't have. Like as good as Demar is, is I mean, he's not a two way force. Vooch not a two way force. Zach not a two way force. And that's what Jimmy still is. But enough about Jimmy. But Lowry, like he just he again he he did not he did not show much in Chicago. He had a few good. He started well and then just stagnated. Had injuries, so like, I can't I can't kill but them Jason, too much. Jason, but it's his job to know. I know talent on the team. And now you look at it, the marketing obviously had talent. And if you could go back, he was the best asset they owned. And in addition to moving him, they didn't really get anything for him. That's that's I guess that's the problem here. You talk about they sell later. They didn't they barely got anything. They let him hit restricted free agency, and then you're forced into whatever a sign and trade where he goes and and then you get Jared Derrick Jones Jr. They didn't like you once you like made the the Vooch trade because I know they were talking about trading Lowry I think for Lonzo that deadline when they traded for Vooch I think you once you made that Vooch trade Lowry was dead in the water and you could see it like the, his his time was done once they traded for Vooch because they had a, a ton of big men they were playing w- super weird lineups with like all these big lineups and I mean I know Lowry has played in a lot of whatever big lineups these days, but they just had nothing going on there that once they traded Vooch, once they made that Vooch trade, Lowry should have been out the door and they could have sold not necessarily high on him, but maybe get something more for him. And they didn't, they held on to him and they ended up getting this what lame draft pick and Derek Jones Jr. Who Derek Jones Jr. Vacuum, totally fine player, but again, kind of redundant on this team. They're, I mean, they're playing him as their fucking backup five, even though they have three other backup centers on the roster, which is insane. Uh, so just bad roster construction for sure. So, like, so overall, the Lowry thing is tough. Like, I'm not going to be as hard on them as you as you are going now on Lowry because I don't think anyone could have seen him. I mean, he wasn't this good in Cleveland last year. I know that roster was kind of weird too. Dude, but this is the last time I'm going to bring that up. It's not something fine. I'm going to continue to harp yeah, on. That's but, yeah. Like I don't know if we're evaluating Arturis Karnashovis. He was a big evaluator. Talent evaluation ability. That was his, in thing. his team building of ability. The fact that the most talented player he inherited, he gave away for nothing, is a fucking strike against him. And at this point, I'm looking for reasons on why should I believe that Karnaschovas is going to get the Bulls towards the top of the Eastern Conference. And I can't think of one fucking reason why this guy is going to be able to do it. It's the exact same thing as Garpax, dude. Stop (laughs) me if you heard this before, but our talented young point guard got injured and all of our problems have happened because of that. It's literally the same story as a decade ago. And the one through point on all of this is terrible ownership. And if we're like ranking the blame for why the Bulls are a pathetic joke of a glamour (laughs) franchise, why the Bulls are the biggest small market team in the NBA playing in America's third largest city in America's best city in Chicago. It's because of Reinsdorf and he's handicapped the White Sox. He's handicapped the Bulls. This guy just doesn't give a shit. And it's just a shame. Jerry Reinsdorf, I think bought the Bulls. I don't have the numbers in front of me for something like $30 million or $20 million the year after they drafted Michael Jordan. Right now, he could sell this team for $4 billion if he wanted to. Yeah. But no, he doesn't want to because he wants the prestige of owning a sports franchise. And he wants the ability to tell athletes, eh, you know what? You're not worth the money. <laughs> Andrew Benatendi, a slap hitting corner outfielder. Yeah, we'll give you the highest, the biggest contract in White Sox hey. history. $75 million. Pathetic shit. That right there is just pathetic. The Bulls, meanwhile, it's not just that they won't pay the luxury tax. That's not just where they're cheap, Jason. We spent the entire offseason complaining about how they didn't hire a shooting coach. They have such a small developmental staff here, and it's part of the reason they're dead last in three-point attempts. They do not have anyone dedicated on the staff to helping the players shoot a fucking basketball. Kind of an important skill, you idiots. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're talking about where you can actually make improvement uh, for, you know, on a tight budget. It's in the draft. The most valuable thing you can do is hit on your draft picks. They're cost-controlled players for the first four years, and then you usually get them on a team-friendly deal after that if you want to keep them. Well, the Bulls have a very, very small front office in terms of scouting, in terms of the draft. 
And it's like, how else do you even fucking rationalize Marco and Tony Bradley being on this team? Crazy, man. How else do you end up on Dalen Terry and then have no plan for him? They literally have no plan for Dalen Terry. I don't think there's an organizational plan to develop your number 18 overall pick this year because he has barely taken the court, Jason, and he has talent. And he could have been a good piece for this team. Maybe he still will be, but how are they going to develop him? Same thing can very easily be said about Patrick Williams, who they just threw into the fire. They never really asked, what is Patrick Williams good at? How can we make Pat the best version of himself? Where do we see Pat thriving? Instead, Billy said, well, Pat, we know you want to take mid-range shots, but we don't like you to take mid-range shots. So don't take those anymore. And when Pat does take those mid-range shots that he likes to take, Billy yanks him off the floor. So there's just a massive disconnect between where the Bulls sort of see themselves going and where they actually are. And it's a complete lack of foresight. It starts with Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf, who are garbage, garbage owners, horrible sports owners. Then you have Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. These guys were hired by the Reinsdorf, so they're probably fucking bad at their job. Gar Foreman was fucking bad at his job, too, and so was John Paxson. Then it goes down to Billy. Is Billy Donovan a good coach? I don't know. Probably not. Why did we give this guy an extension over the offseason? Secret extension. Make any sense? Didn't even tell anyone because they knew it was bullshit. And they knew people would say he didn't deserve it. And then you have the players who themselves deserve some accountability and some blame. But I actually like the players on the team, Jason. I want this team to succeed. But the franchise is loathsome and fucking <laughs> disgusting, and they need wholesale change starting at the very top of the franchise. And that's with Jerry. Sell the team. Sell the team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, this these play, like the like Demar rules. Demar is awesome. Uh, I mean, Zach can be frustrating, but fun to watch when he's going. Like, and Booch, it's been pretty good this year. And Pat, you're really rooting for him. Io, Illinois guy. Like a lot, most of these guys are pretty likable guys, and you do you do on and ultimately, like I am a Bulls fan. Just in general, grew up a Bulls fan. I want this team to succeed, which is why we're so passionate about this, and why it's so frustrating watching them, watching them do this. It's just it's brutal, especially as a big market. Like as you said, I think they're like valuated as like the fourth or fifth, like most whatever highest valuation. It's, it's basically the Warriors, Lakers, Knicks, and then I think the Bulls are, are next when they're, we're talking about teams that would as in team valuation. They and they're a huge. I mean, Chicago's big city. They have Michael Jordan. Uh, still the global brand as we as we like to talk about, and this is the product we get and have have gotten for a long time. And they, since Jordan retired, they've won what? They made the conference finals with D Rose once. They won a few other playoff series. They haven't won a playoff series since 2015. They've won three playoff games right since Tom Thibodeau left. They won the two again in 2017. They won one last year, and that's it. Uh, so they've won three playoff games since. Um. 
uh, since that whatever they won that playoff series in 2015, whatever that was. It's just it's just guard. It's terrible. The rebuild. They were whatever the worst record in the NBA over four years after they traded Jimmy. Uh, and now they whatever they get back to relevancy again. And we talk about like how AK like he had this vision for this team, and I, like I think that vision was generally fine. Like they were a pretty good team last year to start the year. The Lonzo thing has screwed a lot up, but as you said, no pivot, just no will willingness to make other moves to add. Going back to how I started, you have this team that is in a pretty nice position, and then you don't do anything for it for all this time. Like it, it just makes no sense. It's ownership again probably playing a role not looking to make additions not looking to spend the necessary resources on the on the roster so you're hand handcuffed there it's not with the lonzo situation and they did ask ak about lonzo today and he's like oh i don't know and they said oh we're gonna make more of an announcement after all-star break almost certainly going to announce after all-star break that he's done for this that he's not going to play this season i would almost certainly guess that the ak said he made small he's made small progress i mean right now we have what Two months left in the season. He's not coming back in the season. It's just what? not happening. This is just coward shit. What AK said in this press conference. He's like, "We'll have more information yeah. f- from Lonzo on." How do you not? How do you, how do you not know it right now? Like, you, what's going to change in the next week or whenever it is? Isn't All Star Break next? Like, not this weekend. Next weekend. It's like going to be yep. in a week and a half or two weeks. What's changing then? You, you know, I mean, the, and again, Lonzo. I mentioned this before. And again, our guy Matt at Blog wrote about it. They probably have known Lonzo is not going to come back for a while. They could have. They really wanted to applied for a disabled player exception and used that, but that would have meant going to the luxury tax. If they went and trade, they could have traded, took, taken someone in on a trade up to like a few, four or five million dollars. Maybe I, I'm not sure how big it actually would have been, uh, but you could have whatever traded, maybe acquire a, sh- a cheap shooter or something like that. No, because they they're not going to pay the luxury tax, and they would have obviously they would have to waive somebody too. But they have guys. <laughs> <laughs> they could wave and Tony. I mean, if they do want to make a buyout move, they are going to have to maybe actually wave Tony Bradley or Marcus Simonovich. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, so I guess speaking of that, now that we're here, like the buyout market, Russell Westbrook, Chris Haynes talked, mentioned that the Bulls are interested in Russ. AK's only comment was, oh yeah, we'll probably look to the buyout market. Again, the Bulls do have 15 players on the roster right now that could wave Tony Bradley, that can wave Marco. I think they'd have to like wave and stretch them possibly. I'm not totally sure what the numbers are when it t- comes to the luxury tax, but there's Russell Westbrook. There's like Reggie Jackson. Who I think I saw him link to the Suns. There's John Wall, but John Wall hasn't played in a month and he was really bad. Uh, there's a reason he fell out of the Clippers rotation. Uh, I like Will Barton got, I think got waived. There's some other names that are going to be out there. I don't have the full list in front of me, but I mean, the one that the Bulls have already been linked to is Russ after the, the disaster with LA and there was some real nasty, nasty business uh, being coming. I'm assuming from clutch sports today, just really shiving Russ out the, out the door, which is as much as Russ has not been good. And some of the, just did not fit on that team. Like the, the vampire stuff, like the vampire in the locker room and like the toxic stuff. Like I'm sure Russ is not, there's some to blame for him, but they were really just knives out for Russ out the door. But so now we're talking about the bulls of being interested because <laughs> And it's just like, first of all, why? I mean, we know we mentioned the point guard play has been bad, but like, is Russ? I mean, we know the Bulls can't shoot threes. Russ can't shoot threes. Russ can is still a decent, pat, pretty good passer. Does commit bad turnovers. Does push and transition. The Bulls could use that, but ultimately, it's like, what are you going to be playing? Starting Russ, Demar, and Zach together? Like, what is that? Like, what the fuck is that going to do? Uh, if if he was coming in and like taking like whatever Dragic's spot as like a fifteen minute per game guy, I mean, I guess maybe. I mean, I ultimately said like, fuck it, why not? That's like Russ's uh, uh, whatever his like mantra is hashtag why not. And at this point, it is almost like why the fuck not? Just bring him in, bring some chaos, and see what Russ can do. It's not like he's gonna stay. I'm assuming not any any further. Just give me some three alphas or four alpha shit, and just get wild with Russell, Russell Westbrook. I don't know why he would come to the Bulls over like the Clippers. There's been a lot of like uh, a lot of rumors linking him to the Clippers and there being mutual interest. He's from LA. He wouldn't have to move coming from the Lakers. I know Miami was also mentioned. Um, and I mean, the Clippers also just a better team, better chance at a title. Miami is Miami. Uh, also better than the Bulls right now. Come what is going to come to Chicago in the middle of winter for this mid ass team. Um I don't it really it doesn't seem to make much sense, but I mean they keep being brought up as a as a possible suitor for him. So Ricky, Russell Westbrook, 
what would be your reaction if he signs with the Bulls? Yeah, I don't want Westbrook. <laughs> I think that that like Westbrook does provide some things that maybe could help the team, like getting out in transition. Yeah, still a pretty good playmaker. But Westbrook is just such a bad decision maker. And I swear to God, he's the only guard who gets worse at shooting when he gets older. (laughs) Does he practice shooting? How is he so bad at shooting? He's an NBA player. He used to be better than this. He just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, I think it would be hilarious if the Bulls signed Westbrook. And honestly, I love Westbrook as a person. I own that shirt that's Westbrook's face with David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust makeup. I wrote a column saying I thought Russ should have won the MVP the year he did win it when a lot of people thought that was an absolute joke that Russ won that MVP. I thought he deserved it because he was the biggest story of the season and he was the most memorable part of that NBA season. So I love Russ in general. The Bulls do not need Russ. (laughs) And signing a player who my buddy John Wilms described as generationally stubborn (laughs) is just like, so what we're like, yeah, me and you are talking about this. We're like, yeah, you know, if Russ will come off the bench and only play 15 minutes and not shoot that much, Russ isn't going to do any of that. (laughs) Russ is going to do whatever he wants. That's what he's always done. So, no, I, I just I don't know. Like if they sign Westbrook, it's funny. It's not going to help the team win. I don't think so. He'll probably have a couple good games. He's like legitimately the leading sixth man of the year award winner right now, according to some of the betting lines. Yeah, I think it's like him and Brogdon. Yeah. So Westbrook has some talent, but like I like how does that serve the long term interest of the team? What they should be trying to do is develop Io more. But instead, Io has stagnated quite a bit in his second year. Because there's not really an organizational game plan for him. Uh, so I don't know, dude. I think it's brutal. We saw that the buyout market is trash last year when the Bulls, again, sat on their fucking hands and didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And, oh, no, we're going to be we're going to add a talent in the buyout market. They signed Tristan Thompson, <laughs> who was horrible. The and team is now been the same. And he's now on ESPN. <laughs> The team has never been the same since they signed Tristan Thompson. Bad vibes. He's ruined the vibes. <laughs> and there's been a hex on the Bulls ever since. And now we're going to try to sign Westbrook <laughs> to fix this thing? <laughs> Jesus. Who thought of this idea? I and mean, that's a that's a gar it's a gar Paxton idea, just like a big name former MVP. Hey, he's a former MVP. You're adding a former MVP to the mix. Uh so it's totally going to fix everything. Again, I think it would just be hilarious. So at this point, this team is just kind of a joke and a miserable, miserable anyways. Like, again, why not? It'd be kind of funny because it just seems like anything else they do is going to be super lame as well. So uh, why not? I still don't. I still would be shocked if he doesn't go to the Clippers. It just seems like that's it seems like the moves the Clippers made was setting up. They got Eric Gordon. They got Bones Highland. They got they got rid of Wall. They got rid of Reggie Jackson. Bones feels like a guy that they got for maybe the future. Uh, maybe not as much this year. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they will play him this year. But and Eric Gordon's not a point guard, so they, and they they've been playing like Terrence Mann at point guard and with some of their funky smaller lineups. So I still feel like Russ and they have they also are a team that just doesn't have much rim pressure. So it feels like the Clippers would be a team that makes some level of sense for Russ, but maybe they don't do it. I mean, I don't know. And then the Heat also are bad at half court offense. Maybe they could use Russ and because Kyle Lowry's a stunk and they didn't trade him. Sounded like they kind of wanted to, but nothing came together there, and they didn't really add anybody else. So it just seems like those those possibilities would be better for him, better for those teams. And I just don't know why he'd come here. There is the, I mean, there's the Billy Donovan, Mo Cheeks. The Bulls do sell Mo Cheeks on their staff, right? Am I am I going crazy there? Yeah. So they they have that that Russ played with Billy. He was the MVP. He was the coach when Russ was MVP, right? So I mean, maybe just the comfort level there is. What's driving this? And it's oh, Billy will just let Russ do let Russ be Russ, and that's what you do wonder. Like if Russ did come in, and we're talking about oh, well, if, only if he does this and this, but is Billy just going to kind of let him do what he did before? Uh, it's it's been what five or six years since Russ was doing that with Billy and was an MVP. But uh, you do wonder if that's what it would come down to. But so, what are you you're going to have like Russ and Demar and Zach out there taking turns, like and Russ like dribbling the ball and Demar standing in the corner doing doing nothing, like. 
No, it's it just again if he's playing big minutes, it just makes no sense. We we saw how many games he he did cost the helped cost the Lakers in crunch times. Again, the same issues with Zach, the bad decision making. Teams will just throw centers on him in crunch time. They won't guard him, won't make shot jump shots. Just gums up the offense. So it's there are again there's certain areas where you it, it could work. And again, I don't even care if they do it at this point because it'd be funny. It's just like it would. It just it would be a very Garpax move to be like, oh, we're gonna add Russell Westbrook, former MVP, to fix this. Now I'm mad about the Patrick Williams thing tonight. Why the fuck did he only play 14 minutes? If yeah. there's any player, I mean, he was I'm bad, saying, but still, who cares? This, just play he was it. Minus 16 in 14 minutes. <laughs> he was very bad tonight. So I get that, and I get that Donovan was sort of treating this game like a playoff game because if you lose to the Nets without their three best players and without any of the return they got for their best players, that's a pathetic loss that looks terrible on you as a head coach. By the way, they lost the game easily. <laughs> that's ran away with it. But coming back to the idea of like, what is the developmental long-term plan of this team? Just burying Patrick Williams. Crazy. Crazy. Let him play through it. Let him play through it. I mean, what? let me see. I mean, Caruso played 30 minutes. Whatever. I mean, Io played 27. Kobe played 26. Dragic played 12. I mean, Dragic, I mean, Drummond played 11, was minus 8. Dragic, minus 8. Jones was okay, plus 10. Whatever. It's four points, four rebounds. It's just like, what? Like, yeah, you got, I mean, you're looking into the future. You just got to play Patrick Williams. Who cares? If if he's bad, I know, I think he lost Joe Harris a few times. And when Joe Harris got cooking, he was really strong. He didn't, he had a bad game. you just yeah, benching. I just don't know if that's gonna help him again. He's been really he's been struggling a bit lately. It's just, and that's just frustrating to watch. Like if if at least Pat was cooking, and if, if they were still losing games, but Pat was really cooking, like you can at least point to something. You mentioned just like not having anything you can really like be excited about. And when if Pat is even just like laying eggs and getting benched, and it's just like yeah, where is the upside? Where is this going? It's just Dude, it's tough. This franchise tough. sucks. <laughs> It sucks. And honestly, we got the fucking wool pulled over our eyes. When they canned Foreman, they promoted Paxson into a position of no authority. And they finally fired Boylan after waiting too long to make that decision. And then they had a really good offseason in 2021. They suckered us. We thought it was going to be different. And it's the same fucking bullshit. And we should have been better than this. I wrote a column saying the Bulls are finally acting like a big market team. Why the fuck did I write that? They didn't pay the luxury tax. They didn't spend any additional money on the infrastructure of the franchise. I got duped. And I'm sorry. But there's nothing this franchise has done to put itself in a better position since they traded Jimmy Butler and since they let go of Paxson and Foreman. Uh, it's just garbage, Jason. Like this team sucks. I have no hope for them whatsoever. It's like the only thing that'll save them is lottery luck. And even if that were to happen, they would probably like accidentally amputate (laughs) and he'd never play again. Or Scoot Henderson would suffer a debilitating knee injury. Obviously that would cost him two seasons, uh, because that's what happens to bulls point guards. Apparently it is grim. Jason, it's really bad. Yeah. And I do enjoy watching the team still. I like the guys on the team. I want success for the guys on the team personally. And I don't really hold this against them. Uh I got I get so many texts about Levine. People hate Levine. Probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast hate Zach Levine. Uh and you know, Levine is a frustrating player and he's been a little bit underwhelming for sure. And he's overpaid for sure uh but like people who are just like begging the bulls to salary dump like, dump him no dude like no like, like, he is the one guy on the team who can shoot a fucking basketball <laughs> kind of <laughs> seems like a valuable skill when you have a basketball team uh but they're not they're not even using that like, properly how many shots not using have... zach properly how many what threes did he take to... today what are like, they five by zach's talent yeah. nothing Oh, yeah, yeah. When it comes to Zach, again, I mentioned before, and I, I'm not not hindsight at all. Like, I think it was right to give him the max. He earned it. He got better basically every year. You're not going to just. I didn't. They weren't going to sign and trade him or something. Like that. It was right to give him that money. And you then you come out 
And if, if it goes bad, you trade him. And maybe they do trade him this offseason. But and when these rumors came out, were coming out today. Like if they would have traded Zach, I would have been bummed out. Like it's been fun to watch Zach improve as a player, as frustrating as he can be sometimes. And we saw some of that frustration again tonight when, in crunch time, where he's just the poor decision making and bad turnovers. But again, he had 38 points and it was a plus two. I can't really put too much of tonight on him. Uh, but he's just not. He's just not not that guy. He's just not that dog that like Jimmy is because again, he's just not a two-way player. He just doesn't impact the game enough in other ways besides the scoring. That's fine. Like Zach is a really good second or third guy on your team. And that's just what he is. And those guys also get $200 million contracts. It's just how it is in the NBA. If you're putting up the numbers that Zach Levine is as a top offensive player, you're going to be getting $200 million contracts. So it's fine. The problem is just that the rest of the roster construction stinks. Damar and Vooch and Zach are just an awkward fit. Lonzo Ball is dead. Uh, you have no shooting on your team, so it's just not really working. So if it is not really working, you're just kind of dilly-dallying dilly, dilly dallying around in the middle. At some point, you do have to you do have to choose an actual direction and not just stick with this continuity uh, thing if you're just not going anywhere. Um, and this team they, has very obvious problems, Jason. Fix them if you're going to keep them together. If you're not going to keep them together, blow it up and get some draft right. assets. Instead, they chose the easiest, most convenient route, which is to do nothing because the Bulls do not strive to be a championship-worthy organization. They just strive to sell out the arena, to maybe get some extra gate revenue in the playoffs, and to be a beloved global brand that coasts off their success from the 1990s. Yep. It's a bummer. Um, to wrap it up, to to wrap it up here, any other just thoughts that you had on the trade deadline? I was Kevin Durant. Fucking was that? It was like one a.m. last night, maybe twelve thirty. I I got on the on a bike ride, went on a bike ride just in my house. Get off. I was ready to go to sleep. I checked my phone like one last time as I was getting off the bike, and I was like, "Holy shit!" KD gets traded to the Suns. Uh, just a complete blockbuster move. Game shaking. It seems like it was basically the Nets and Suns did it in secret. Uh, Katie put uh, wanted the Suns last offseason, then they rescinded the trade demand. But then now with Kyrie to the Mavs, and now the team kind of not where he wanted to be. He wanted out again. They work on this trade. Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who's getting flipped to Milwaukee, four first round draft picks. And now the Suns have Katie, Ayton, Booker. Chris Paul and not a whole lot else, but I mean, that's a pretty formidable group. Um, I guess what was your general reaction? Were you, were you surprised that Katie got traded before this deadline? All right. Maybe an unpopular opinion. I was disappointed. KD got traded because, you know, KD, the second half of his entire career has just been people loudly asking him, telling him to win a real ring. Of course that's bullshit. And KD, has won real rings. He's been the best player in NBA Finals Series multiple times. But man, what a challenge that would have been to have a team full of shooters and high-level defenders after the Kyrie trade, getting a pretty damn good 3 and D guy in Dorian Finney-Smith, who we saw you know, lock up star offensive players into the conference finals last year. Uh... To get another shot creator in Spencer Dinwiddie, who obviously is not as good as Kyrie, but Spencer Dinwiddie's having a good year. He's shooting 40% from three. I think he's averaging like 17 a game. He's been good. He's been good this year. I would have loved to see KD take that team on his back and seen how far he could have gotten him. And I actually think it would have been a great fit for his talent, maybe somewhat similar to what Jokic was doing last year with the Nuggets. Of course, the Nuggets got smoked in the first round of the playoffs, but like, If you would have gone KD on the Nets against like the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs, I think a lot of people are taking the Nets in that series. And it really could have burnished KD's reputation and made him the people's champ again, like he was early in his career with the Thunder. So I was disappointed that KD didn't want to take that team. Or Honestly, maybe the Nets were just ready to get rid of him. After they lost Kyrie, they got a haul for him. You know, they got four unprotected first round picks. Uh, you got three wings, and they traded Jay Crowder already, but Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, pretty good players. Uh, it's crazy how many just three and D wings that <laughs> yeah. team has now between Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikhail Bridges. It's wild. Uh, so I think the Suns are going to be very good. 
the Suns, though, are pretty thin yeah. with their depth, and they don't really have a ton of shooting. And we know that CP, Booker, and KD all like to shoot Mid- mid-range. Mid-range uh, merchants, yeah. So I sort of wonder, like, how well do these pieces fit together? To me, they probably need to move off CP, and they probably should move off Aiton. And they should get more wings to surround KD and Booker. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, I think it's certainly possible they go to the finals this year. The Nuggets just gave away Bones Highland today for nothing for two second round. Second rounders. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pathetic move by the Nuggets. You're trying to win a championship. I know that Bones had fallen out of favor. It seemed like that was just like, oh, they need, he needs to go and we'll take anything for him type deal there. Wish the Bulls would have went and gotten it. If it was only going to cost you a 2027 second round pick or whatever (laughs) it was. Uh, So, yeah, it was a crazy deadline day for sure. Uh, What who do you think is going to the finals right now? If you had to pick. So the West is going to be super interesting because I mean, the Nuggets have been awesome. Jokic probably going to win MVP again. Still got to prove it. But when they're fully healthy, they are really fucking good. Um, but then like, again, looking at the, I mean, the, the West, I'm going to go look at the West standings right now because it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's just like a lot of the West is mid right now. If you look at the records, but then you feel like come playoff time, like these teams could be really good. Nuggets in first place by four games. They lost today to the magic, but today I feel like deadline day is just always a weird, weird day for basketball. The Grizzlies have fallen off. They beat the bulls the other day, but I feel like the Grizzlies are a player short. I thought the Grizzlies were going to pay up and get OG and Anobi, but it's not like the Warriors tried to get him. I think the Grizzlies might have tried too, but he ended up the Raptors fucking stay put. They they trade for Yaka Pearl to get him back, and then they stay put after all the rumors of the Raptors doing shit. They do they they buy, and that was it. That was kind of crazy. But like Memphis, I feel like is probably a player short. Sacramento was really fun. They're probably not there. Like I mean, Dallas has Kyrie and Luca, but I don't know if their finals good. And then like the Clippers and Suns. The Clippers, if they're healthy, will be a beast to get out. The Suns are going to be a beast. The Pelicans, if they get Zion back, will be interesting. The, the Timberwolves, they they got they get in the big trade. I mean, the, and the Warriors are st- the Warriors and Lakers are down here. Like if they ever get their ass together, if they get in the, if they if those teams get in, like those teams could probably beat anybody. Uh, the Warriors, the Lakers like, had an unreal deadline. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna get I was gonna get to the Lakers here. Like I mean, just an absolute fantastic deadline. And before you get Rui, the Rui trade was solid. Rui's not great, but they basically get traded a thing. And then I mean, the three way deal with Utah and Minnesota is just fucking highway robbery for the Lakers. They get three valuable role players for one of their a protected first that becomes a second if it doesn't convey after one year. They get they get off the Russ contract. They traded a couple other role guys, but I mean, you get D'Lo back. You get Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley for essentially for Russ and the first one first round pick. I and mean, that's just a great bit of work. And then they they got Mo Bamba. They traded Patrick Beverly and got Mo Bamba today. Uh, they traded Thomas Bryant. I know, but they basically re- replaced Thomas Bryant with Mo Bamba. Uh, just a ton of work. We've clowned Rob Palinka a lot, and a lot of people have clowned him, but they did a lot of work to make this team better. The problem with the Lakers is they have such small margin for error because they're 25 and 30. They are beating the, the Bucks right now in the first half. A lot of time left, but I know LeBron's, and I, and LeBron's kind of banged up. Small margin for error, but if they get in and they're healthy and they're rolling with a healthy LeBron AD and these this new... Uh, these new this new supporting cast, like, the Lakers could beat any of these teams. I feel like as crap as much as we've made fun of them, as crappy as they've they've been, it seems like they fit a lot better now. Um, so like I have no idea. Like I don't, like the Suns are probably the favorite, but it does kind of feel like it might be the Nuggets' turn. And I'd like to see the Nuggets. I'd like to see Jokic finally. Like because people complain about him him winning all these MVPs. Um. But and whatever falling short in the playoffs, but it's not like it's been his fault. The last year they had they were missing their two of their three best players, and before I mean they got they went to the conference finals in the bubble and the Lakers beat them. But so it's so hard to say. But like I would love to see I would love to see a Suns Mavs series. Love to see the Nuggets get go far. Like I said, I don't think the Grizzlies, Kings, and Mavs have quite enough. And then there's the Clippers. I just don't fucking know. And in the in the East. I, I, the Cavs are are good. The Sixers are good. I just, they're probably a level below the Bucks and Celtics. And I, 
I just don't know if the Bucks have quite enough offense. They've kind of turned it around a lot again lately. So I probably just have to say the Celtics right now because I think when fully healthy, they're just the best on both ends for sure. They can they can cook and they're uh, on offense and defense when healthy. So that's lame right now saying it's the uh, Nuggets and Celtics right now because they're both the one seeds. But I could see I could see so many teams out coming out of the West and the East. I think it is probably between four teams right now. And the Celtics have been kind of a cut above for most of the season, but I don't certainly don't think the Celtics are going to cakewalk their way. Uh, it was the I mean with Giannis, if Giannis can always go Giannis mode, um, even though the and the Bucks did add Jay Crowder, so maybe the Jay Crowder will actually be a big difference maker. Uh, they've kind of mi- been missing one of those uh, a wing, a quality wing there. So what are you wh- what are your thoughts? That was a long rambling answer to give a cowardly answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I think. You know, I hate to say the Celtics. I know. I do think they can disappoint in the playoffs. Like if the Celtics and the Nuggets are the best teams, these are the two weakest best teams in the league since a lot of parity in well, the league right last now. year. You just look it at the, the same thing last year. Yeah, yeah the, the NBA got their wish to become the NFL and to have yep. a bunch of parity. Uh, the Warriors were honestly a parity champion last year, even though it doesn't seem like it because Steph is an all-time great player in his fourth ring. So if I had to choose who's going to win the title. I feel like it's usually an all-time great player who wins the title. So I guess I'll go Jokic in the Nuggets. My question with the Nuggets has always been, is Jamal Murray good enough to be the second best player on the team? Murray's playing very good lately. I still have that question. Aaron Gordon probably should have been an all-star over DeRozan or over some other guys. Aaron Gordon's been awesome. He's actually been their second best player on the floor. KCP was a great addition for them. He was someone who I talked about the Bulls should have been going after. In the offseason, Bruce Brown has been phenomenal for them. So, yeah, I guess I'll go Nugs. I want to go Philly, but I just can't trust Doc. You no, know Doc's going to blow it. And Harden. And Harden. Yeah, there's no way a Doc Harden team is going to the finals, but wow, would that be something if it happened? Yeah. I want to say the Bucks too, but I don't know. I guess I'll go Celtics. Cowardly answer for me, too. But yeah, the Bucks, uh, I feel like as awesome as Giannis is, and as much as I love Giannis, I just feel like Crowder, like though. I feel like just like not quite. There and with like, I mean, if Middleton is health back healthy in the playoffs, like maybe they've just been, it just doesn't, they are hot right now. It's not playing the best tonight as we're watching, but yeah, I think they've won like eight in a row or something like that. So I, I, it is, I think, I think it's great that it's wide open. I think there are a lot of teams that can, that have a chance here. So, um, it'll at least not be fun, balls, man. It'll, no yeah, it'll ball, at least be fun no to watch plan. a lot of these other teams, uh, battle down the stretch. It does not seem like the Bulls. <laughs> will be part of that. Uh, again, I kind of, I still think the bulls will make the play in, but I mean, they might not, they're only a half game out of an 11 right now. Uh, they're lucky that Tyrese Halliburton died for uh, a couple weeks because the Pacers totally fell off and they're, they're back. And the wizards have been playing better lately. The Raptors did not sell. So the Raptors probably won't be going anywhere. I mean, they, and they, maybe they'll actually be better now with an actual center and their stupid wings thing is just not working so i mean maybe the raptors go on a run and they push past the bulls and at that point i don't know the bulls maybe they just keep dilly-dallying maybe there's maybe the vibes are just cooked right now and they and they just fall apart i don't know i still i still think they're good enough and they play well enough enough to get into the plan uh and then who knows from the fucking plan but that's about it it's that's it is grim but the rest of the league is pretty fun to watch right now with all these teams that kind of have a chance. And um, hopefully, I said, hopefully the rest of these last couple months of the season and the playoffs will be a lot of fun. This trade deadline was certainly crazy, um, not for the Bulls, but it was crazy to cover and just crazy to watch everything go down with all these big moves. And then just all the moves today. Like there weren't any really like huge moves today, but there's a flurry of stuff. A lot of teams doing stuff. So always fun to, to watch the trade deadline play out. I think that's probably it. We've been going for a while here. Ricky, you have any final thoughts here? Nope. Go Bulls, right. baby. Best team. The one and only. <laughs> only the Bulls. I guess let's look ahead here for the Bulls schedule over these next couple games for next week before we uh, do another one of these podcasts. Again, Cleveland at Cle- I think it's at Cleveland on Saturday. At Cleveland, then they've got versus Orlando on Monday. At Indiana Wednesday versus Milwaukee Thursday versus Brooklyn again next Friday. So that'll be a fun little back-to-back. I mean, I'm not, the schedule is kind of like that. It's kind of like a good mix right now of whatever teams and then like better teams. So there's nothing like super hard coming up. 
But I mean, there's a lot of games where I mean, kind of toss ups. Um, so we'll see. Oh, the, we have a TNT Bulls game next week. That's kind of exciting. Maybe they'll they play Milwaukee. They're gonna go three and zero against Milwaukee this year because like, we had a TNT Bulls game next Thursday night. So how exciting is that? Um, but yeah. So that'll do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. We got the trade deadline, all this coverage, the great coverage of the trade deadline. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up in a couple days. Chiefs, Eagles, that should hopefully be a lot of fun. Um, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Go check out all his stuff coverage at sbnation.com so that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of cash consideration dish Wolves podcast we will talk to you guys next time when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.